Convos, the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Candid Christian Convos. In this episode, I'll be talking to two of my friends, Giselle and Beverly, about all things surrender, but specifically what surrendering to God's plan has looked like on their journey to motherhood. This episode is jam-packed with wisdom, vulnerability, transparency, and honesty, and I have no doubt you'll be blessed by the gems that my friends share and just by listening to their stories. We talk about some pretty heavy topics in this episode, so I just want you to be mindful as you listen and check in with yourself. This episode is quite lengthy, and so I've split it into two parts, the first of which you're listening to right now. Without further ado, let's hop right into the conversation with Giselle and Beverly. I'm here with Giselle and Beverly, and we are talking all things surrender in this podcast episode. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know that surrender is going to come knocking knocking at your door at one point or the other because you just can't follow God and hold on to your own life. Like the Bible literally says anyone that wants to follow me has to give up his life. And so uh, when I think of two people who are living, breathing, walking examples of just laying down their lives to pick up what God has for them, I think of Giselle and Beth. And so we are having a conversation today. So who wants to go first with their fun fact? Something about you that people wouldn't know by looking at you. This is always my fun fact because I don't know anything else to say, but I always say like, um, I can burp like obnoxiously loud without drinking or eating anything, just like off air. Yes, and Sharif hates it. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Okay, well, good to know. <laughs> okay, for me, I feel like it's hard to think of a fun fact, but something that's very quirky or weird about me. Um, I don't want to say weird because I've I think it's normal that people don't necessarily like say that they do it, but grocery <clears throat> shopping, I don't pick the product that's like right in the front. I have to go like three to four <laughs> products yep. and I pick that. <laughs> that is- that's normal. <laughs> you know, because would always be like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I just, which is the first you know i don't want right everybody i don't want that <laughs> what is so funny is i'm the person that picks right from the front and so when cindy was here she was like what the heck <laughs> you know how grocery stores work they start from the back i was like oh <laughs> <Never thought of>. <laughs> <laughs> have you then going from the back since then or do you still pick from the front Honestly, <clears throat> I will only pick from the back if so this is another thing she t- told me to do. I didn't use to check expiry dates, y'all, because I just thought, why would they sell something that's expired? Like, I just, it did not occur to me because I was like, of course they're good people. They wouldn't sell someone something that's expiring today. And then I, when they were, Sydney and Alamedy were here, um, I bought a loaf of bread and she was like, Mo, this expires tonight. 
Yo. Oh my gosh. After that, I started checking, and then if I wasn't happy with the date, then I'll reach back. But it's <laughs> that is so trusting. That's the problem. I'm too trusting. Oh. <laughs> okay, that was a good laugh. Um, so I'm just gonna talk a little bit about this conversation today. Um. Like I said, Giselle and Bev are two people who, when I think about surrendering to God's plan, I have, albeit from a distance, gotten to watch them, got, gotten to watch them surrender to God's plan and do it with such grace. But I know that social media is only a fraction of the story. Nobody is up on social media like, yo, I cried tonight. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, God is good. I was surprised. like, people don't really do that stuff. I know Beverly has um, told a bit of her story on her Instagram, and I will put both of their Instagrams in the show notes. Um, but Bev spoke a bit about her journey to motherhood. They're both new. Would you still consider yourself new mothers? Yes. 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 One hundred percent. I don't know how long <laughs> until I can say, "Oh yeah, I'm just a mother." <laughs> Like, I'm a mother, period, but, like, I'm very new at this. Okay. And she's almost a year old, but I'm, like, I'm still, I, you never stop learning. Yes. Okay, great. So they're both new mothers. <clears throat> and when I think of what the greatest form of surrender is, I think it's accepting the journey to motherhood and then walking that out. Because, y'all, like, I watch people be moms and I'm, like, this is the highest level of sacrifice because I, I think I heard somewhere that people say getting married is the highest highest level of sacrifice, but to a certain extent, your spouse can still do stuff for themselves. They can still repay mm-hmm. you for the things that you do for them. A child is helpless. A child cannot repay you. So mm-hmm. it honestly is the purest form of sacrifice. And I think in as a result, the sacrifice that's probably most like Christ. Um, so I just wanted to have a conversation with both of them to talk about basically how they've been dealing with this journey and what it's been like from, I guess, the moment that they found out that they were about to be moms till date where they are. Um, so I'm going to, I have a couple of questions just to start the conversation and it could go in any which way. There may or may not be tears from me. We'll see. We'll try to hold it together. But um, yeah, you know, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit. Okay, that was a very lengthy introduction. So my first question for both of you is, in your journey of motherhood, tell me about your journey from fear to courage. So we're looking at it like the full timeline I just took a pregnancy test and found out, or maybe you didn't need a pregnancy test. Maybe you just knew. Some people just know. Um, And then the emotions that I imagine ranged from like, oh my gosh, to, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll, I'll go first. It's Beverly speaking, um, but so journey to motherhood from the fear to the courage. The fear was there since the very beginning. And the fear for me in the beginning was having to tell my parents that I was pregnant. 
So um, my husband and I, we got married in November of 2020. Found out we were expecting the day before my birthday in January of 2021. And I was completely terrified because my husband and I, we got married in the court with our family, with just our family. And it was supposed to be have kept a secret between our families. Like, okay, we're not going to share this to the public because his family hasn't gone, came down to do our introduction, to pay rights or anything. And so we were just going to keep it as that until they were able to, and they would have like a bigger thing. That didn't happen. You know, we was, you know, enjoying, <laughs> I don't even want to say that we were enjoying married things because even then we were still navigating that part of our journey. But um, when I, we found out <clears throat> that, okay, now, now it's time that we make a decision for ourselves. And initially I was, it's hard to say, this is, I feel like my first time really sharing this beyond people that are my friends, but I wanted to get an abortion and I never ever thought that that was something that would ever be in my mind because we're Christians, right? Like that's not what we're supposed to do. Like Mm -hmm. our gift from God. And, but the thought of we aren't quote unquote married is what it was seeming in our minds because of the image that our parents put on our, on our minds. And the thought of no one around me, none of my friends know that I'm married, which is so important to have community and not look at your culture so heavy to the point where you isolate mm-hmm. yourself because your community is going to be there to really help you. But my friends had no idea that I was even married. And now I'm going to come out and say, <laughs> surprise, you guys, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm expecting. So that fear was there. I don't want to deal with having to share to my parents that we're pregnant or share and open up to people about the fact that we're married. Um, And so that was the decision I wanted to make. And I was pretty much forcing that onto BCHEM. But thankfully, you know, it's good that you are equally yoked with the person that you're married to because they can call you out in moments when you're supposed to be living as a Christian. Like they will make, they will really like bring in that conviction, um, you know, through the Holy Spirit for you. And so that moment when he was on the couch crying saying we can't go through with abortion was when I don't want to say that I fully had the courage to accept or to walk in the, the journey of pregnancy and motherhood. But that was the first step where I had to say, like, I have to do this. Like, there's no other way. I can't can't go through with the, the other option. And so I had to cancel cancel the appointment and just be okay with that. So. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that because you didn't have to. Um but I really appreciate your vulnerability. And that's so real. At the root of it is that we are so attached to our plans and what we think we, we want and what we think is best for ourselves. And so when God puts a spanner in the works, we're kind of like, how do I get back to my plan? And the truth is that an abortion is a way that people can do that. So I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it'll help a lot of people just breathe out like just exhale that wow i've been holding in this shame and guilt for so long and someone else mm-hmm. identifies with that so thank you again giselle so i would say my journey from fear to courage is like i don't know it's still going um 
the journey to courage is still going. But um, similarly to Beverly, I, um, well, this is candid Christian convos. So let me be very candid. If it's not already clear that I got pregnant months before Sharif and I got engaged. Mm-hmm. So we were having sex before we were married and which resulted in the natural thing that happens, which is pregnancy. Yep. So I found that I was pregnant before I was married. And I, like you said, I was so attached to my plans. Like we had planned so many things like me before meeting Sharif, I always wanted to, um, like have my first child literally this year when I turned 27. Um, now I'm going to have a one-year-old when I'm 27, which is like so bizarre to me. But <clears throat> that was my plan. And my plan was, you know, um, get married, travel, do whatever I want, and then settle down with a child. But it's like, now that I'm a mother, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I mean, to the outside world, to people who don't really like know us, you would say, oh, we're settled, right? We have we have a family, we have work, like we just have a normal life. But I don't feel like my child has settled my life. I don't feel like my child, now that I'm here, has like stopped me from doing anything that I want to do. Because if anything, I feel like, and I never understood this before becoming a mother, how people would say like, oh, now you feel even more motivated because you have this little person that depends on you and they just like motivate you to do all these things. And I totally understand that now because it's like you deserve the best life possible and I am in the position to give you everything I didn't have. So I am going to do that by all means, by any means necessary. I'm going to make that happen. And it's like that that journey to like courage is still here because there's so many things like last night like I guess I should say my husband and I because not everybody knows Sharif but Sharif is my husband and like we had a conversation last night very random and I just started like spewing at him like all of my fears that I have of being a mother like and being a good one and just like knowing everything which is like I'm never gonna know everything I'm never gonna know like I'm never going to be able to protect her from every single thing in the world. You know, like there's things that I cannot control because before I'm her mother, God is her heavenly father. So God knows things that I don't know about her. And obviously God knows also, he knows things that are going to happen that I'm never going to even like imagine, you know? So that, that courage is still being built up, but I feel like I feel very, um, what's the word? I feel very courageous at the fact that I could have a baby. Like I could really be pregnant and like have a baby. Like I'm, I'm the portal of life, you know, I'm used as that vessel to just like bring life into the world. So I feel like that makes me feel very like strong and courageous because it is a very, very scary thing, especially, um, when you don't have like I don't even know what a normal birth is but I didn't have like a natural birth of like I mean I guess it's still natural birth birth is natural but I didn't have a vaginal birth um so I had a c-section which was very 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 scary and just everything that happened to me and my baby afterwards um it's like I said like I don't feel like there's there's just like certain things in life where like with grief you never 
like get over it you just learn to live with it and like I grieve my birthing experience my first baby I I'm still grieving that like I don't know if I'm ever gonna stop because it's like it's such a you know the the chemistry in your brain literally changes when you have a baby and that is such a life-changing moment so I feel like like that did something to me obviously and it's never going to go away the way that I feel about how I brought my baby into the world or how I was failed um, when it came to bringing my baby into the world. And I feel like even journeying, journeying through like my birth trauma, I'm like really like God is just putting me in a place to just look at it for what it is. And I haven't accepted it fully. Honestly, I have not accepted that that happened to me. Like I'm aware right I'm aware that that happened to me but it's just such a thing where you I don't know just like as a mother when someone hurts your child it's like a piece of your not a piece your entire soul is shattered so that's that's something that I'm still like facing and I'm trying to like you know I feel like God is building up my courage through that too because I'm like I have to face this this is something that happened to you it's not who you are mm. and you're not always gonna feel sad every single day like there's moments of course and every day if I'm honest there's and every single day since March 16th last year like I feel that that feeling as like it's happening all over again or like when I'm reminded of something I'm just like I feel like it's happening and sometimes when she cries I'm like oh my god it's happening again or I'm reminded of those things so yeah, I feel like like motherhood is just a journey until you die, honestly. Like it's always going to be a learning experience. Like no matter how many kids you have, like you never know it all and there and you never know it all enough to be like not afraid of something, you know, or not a little worried or you know, we're not meant to be worried or anxious, but we're human people, you know? So yeah, that was a lot. Thank you. No, that was just the right amount. It was perfect because it's the truth. And oh wow, yes, you you unlocked something when you said as a mom, there's always something to be afraid of. Like the minute you're responsible for someone else's life, like I think about it all the time and I'm not even a mom yet. Like I'm just like like what if the car just crashes into my imaginary child what if they just choke on their hair like i'm here making up these hypotheticals for a child that doesn't exist yet so i can only imagine the child is present that's why i keep saying motherhood is a whole different level of surrender because you're like if god doesn't take care of this child i don't know who will because i can't be there and alert 24 7 365 like you're a human being you're gonna fall asleep you're gonna forget mm-hmm. things like when I was a child my mom told me that I I don't know what she was doing but I was in one of those like little bouncy chair thingies and I reached for a kettle with the cord and I pulled it over my head and someone caught it right over my head and it was on oh my goodness wow. so when I think about things like that I'm like Literally, if God is not this child's father first, right. there's been no right. 
There is no hope of protection or of peace. And the world is getting darker. So it, it really does take like, mm-hmm. I can only imagine like a minute by minute level, like consistency of surrender. Like, okay, today, God, this child is yours. I give I give them back to you. I ask you to just take control because I'm only one person. Um, mm-hmm. And that brings me to, I guess, my next question. Tell me, and this kind of ties into the first, about your journey from uncertainty and anxiety about the future to trusting like anxiety about how the future was going to turn out because I don't know about y'all but I am very much a planner in my head and I think okay Mm -hmm. when I get this job and then this is going to happen in this job and then I'm going to get married to this person in this job and this is how everything else is going to unfold so when a surprise comes up like a surprise pregnancy it starts to put a big question mark on the future. Like, am I going to be able to achieve my dream? <laughs> am I going to be able to go back to school? Am I going to have the same opportunities I thought I was going to have? Like, what is my marriage going to be like? I'm just adjusting to being married and now I'm a mom. Like, how did you navigate all those anxieties? Um, and what helped you? And I won't say like, I won't assume that you're fully at a place of trust yet because i know that that is an ongoing process in the life of a christian Mm -hmm. my question is more so like how did you navigate the anxieties and what things did you do to give you peace in the process i feel like like you said the uncertainty still kind of there still continuing to build my trust that things are going to be okay um and I am a planner type of person. And so when Beacon and I got married, oh yeah, we're going to take one, two years to travel. We're going to, because Beacon and I, we started long distance. And so when he moved was the month when we got married. So we'd never really got to date in the same city for a long time, really got to enjoy each other like that. And so that was what we were planning to do. So when we got um, found out we were pregnant, I immediately thought everything is going to change. I just applied to life coaching school and that was going to take six months. I was supposed to become a life coach after that. I was supposed to be doing this, starting my business and walking fully in that. I thought everything was shattered. Thought. Um, but I literally, <laughs> my dreams, all my plans are now erased. And thankfully I went to the life coaching school that I did go to because through that process, they really helped me to see that like, hey, you can, like, it's what you're doing. You don't have to just be a mother. Like you can, like to be, you need to be doing your purpose, doing your calling. And I absolutely love that. But um, how I navigated that journey was, was difficult. It was up and downs. It wasn't the straight line as we would all hope for. There were months where I felt like I can do this. I can. I know that my future is gonna be. It's gonna be great. It's gonna look good. It's gonna. It's going to be what I've ever imagined it to be. But then there was days where I'm just like, oh no, <laughs> I don't want this. Like I don't even want to carry this baby. Like I don't even want to feel. I didn't even want to feel him kick inside of me. When they said that you're gonna start to feel flutters and you're gonna start feeling him kick, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to feel that joint. No, I don't want to feel him do that. <laughs> like. And it's so sad. Like I, even now I'm navigating working around the shame and the guilt that I feel 
because in uh, this is I'm taking it so off of what you want you asked, but <laughs> when I look at him and I want to cry because I thought how I didn't want him, I didn't want to feel him, and he's just he didn't ask to be here. Like he didn't say, Beverly, we can make me now. Like, no, that was our choice. Mm-hmm. He made a decision and us not really taking precaution, you know, this happened, but it was also God's plan for us. So, um, yeah, a whole nother thing. But the way that I navigated it was it looked different. Some days I was journaling. Some days I was shouting at God in the shower, mm-hmm. um, really expressing my emotions to God helped me. Um, oh, God is so good. God is so good. Not gonna cry. Um, I doubt if it needs to come out, this is gonna come out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh man, I remember being in the shower one day and I was cursing God. Mm. I was literally cursing him and telling him, like, how could you have made me a mother? I can't do this. Like, do you really think that I can do this? Like, I'm going to, like. I'm going to not take a look after this child. I'm not going to do the best that I can because you're not giving me what I thought. The mm-hmm. things that we planned together in our quiet time years ago, that's supposed to be fleshing out now. You didn't tell me this two years ago. So why didn't you let me know this? And it was, I was literally wanting to harm myself that day. I was mm-hmm. like imagining myself banging my head against the shower wall. Um, And that's when I heard God tell me, like, I need to get control over my emotions and I need to do the things that are going to help me to feel empowered in this moment. Because if I cannot feel empowered or feel equipped and called, like, I can, I will not be able to really walk in the fullness of which God wants me to in that season. And so I did a lot of like researching of how I wanted to, you know, give birth. And so I went from wanting to give birth in the hospital to now let me do give birth in the birthing center because I then wanted to feel the pain of delivering a child. I didn't want any medication because I felt like if I could feel the pain of bringing this, my son into the world, like, like how much more connected would I feel? Um, And I would just feel so empowered. Um, And so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but it just looked different um, every day for for me. And even now, there's still uncertainty that's there. Like, I don't know how my three months from now is going to look like, but I just have to trust that if God has called me into this space, he's going to give me the grace to sustain where I'm at. God doesn't <laughs> call the equipped, he equips the called. Like, he called mm-hmm. you to it, and so he will equip you for it. That is a word, and I hope that that encourages someone. Um, it just reminds me of, you know, the story of Gideon in the Bible, where God is like calling out to him, and he's like, "Oh, mighty man of valor!" And he's like, "Who me? You can't me. me. <laughs> That's how I feel." You are the wrong one. <laughs> hey, are you sure? I'm Gideon. <laughs> I feel like getting up. I'm just like, God, I'm not that strong, though. <laughs> the number of times in the past year, you know when they're like, oh, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers? I'm like, God, I'm not. That's not me. No. 
That's keep that. Keep that. I'm not this strong. Why do you think I am? <laughs> oh, thank God for His grace that is that you know equips us to get through it. Um, Giselle, what about you? What about your journey? Um, I like you said, I'm still there. Like I'm still journeying through every single thing. So I would say for like my journey with uncertainty is still very much ongoing. Like how I was talking to Sharif last night, there's just like so much, like every stage from pregnancy, even before pregnancy, obviously we have uncertainty. Um, But specifically like when I was pregnant, I just like didn't even, I could not believe it for most of my pregnancy like even when she started kicking and I would see her in the ultrasounds and everything I was like like I just could not believe that it was like me like I am the one with a baby inside of me and just knowing myself from like like obviously you're with yourself for since the day you're born like you're just thrown into this life like Beverly said Jaira didn't ask to be born like Galilee didn't ask to be born. She just like was thrown into this life, obviously with purpose, but it's just like, she will always like be in her body. She will always belong to herself. And, you know, I, I'm just so hyper aware of every single thing that I went through as a child, both good and bad. Um, And I feel like motherhood is a healing journey for me. Like very, very, very healing for me because I just think about how when I was pregnant, I couldn't believe that I was the one pregnant. And I was telling Maroa before um, we started that I have three brothers and two sisters and I'm in the middle. And like, I have a younger sister who always, like, she loves kids. Like she's always been the very like motherly one, very maternal, very caring, very like for people and like just super like housewife, wifey material. Like, that's how we grew up, like, knowing my little sister. She's a good cook. She's good. Like, she's engaged. So she's just, like, an amazing woman, like, textbook woman of, like, housewife and, like, mother. She's, like, the the picture that I see when I think of that is, like, how everyone viewed my little sister growing up. Mm-hmm. And And we're only 18 months apart. So people always compared us. And that's also something I'm so hyper aware of. Like now being a mother, I'm like, I want to have another girl, like right after Galilee. Like, I don't want a boy next. And I feel like God is going to give me a boy next because I don't want a boy <laughs> next. Just like I didn't want a girl. And then he gave me a girl. And I feel like he's going to just switch it up on me. But I really want a girl next. But one thing I feel like I'm I'm going to make aware to everyone around us is to not compare my two daughters because I know how that affected me so negatively and people didn't even realize it because it's like oh you know whatever we're just like having a conversation but my sister was always a very maternal one and I was viewed as like very studious very like woman of the world cultured educated independent strong as if those things can't exist in the same world like motherhood wife can't exist with me also being an independent person Mm -hmm. and just all the characteristics about myself so I always I was inter- I internalized that I could never be a wife and that I could never be a mother, that I wasn't worthy of that because I wasn't 
as affectionate as my sister or I wasn't as I didn't care to cook as much as my sister or whatever my sister had that I didn't have I felt like I could not be what she is obviously going to be because that's what she was told as a little girl and so was I the opposite so when I was pregnant I was like god how could this even be happening to me like I'm not maternal I'm cold Mm. So, yeah, I was just very, like, unsure of myself. And I just felt like like I was going through a crisis because I was like, God, you got the wrong sister. Like, it's not supposed to be me. And my little sister, because my older sister doesn't want kids. And I'm, like, the second daughter. So I was, like, in my head, like, oh, but y'all gonna skip over me, because y'all know, y'all know I'm not gonna do that, because that's not what you guys told me that I'm allowed to do, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, it's gonna be my little sister, but then when it was me, I was like, God, what are you doing, because this is not who I am, this is not my purpose, like, I didn't think that I never wanted to get married, like, of course, I wanted to get married, but I didn't think that much about it, because I didn't feel like I was allowed to, you know, just being told all this stuff as a child, so um, when I told my mom I was pregnant, she was very happy, of course. But and I know my sister was, too, but I, I almost felt bad, you mm-hmm. know, because it was like my sister is the one that was supposed to be pregnant first and have a kid first. And everyone was going to celebrate her for her pregnancy and everything, not me first. And I just felt like even today, sometimes I feel like, oh, my sister probably feels like you know bamboozled (laughs) I don't know it's such a it's such a weird thing because like that's just how we were raised that we are very different from each other and we can't step into each other's world Mm. like honestly which is very toxic because you know you compare little girls and then they grow up feeling like they can't change or they can't want what the other wants or they're only boxed into one thing but it's like at the end of the day god knew I was gonna be a mother before my mother even knew I was going to be born. Mm. Still to this day, sometimes I battle that uncertainty of like, like, how can you even be a mother, Giselle? Like, you're not that affectionate. And like, like, I am though. I am. I'm not, I'm not not affectionate. I'm not cold, you know? It's just like breaking out of those internalized things that have been put on me since like literal childhood. And it's so sad because it's like, it's not easy work. It's so hard. It's like, it's so, so like, I can't even explain how hard it is, but all that to say, like, it's still very much like uncertainty is never going to go away. Like in life in general, but I feel like even more, especially like being a mother, because I feel like if you don't question yourself, then you're not trying to grow. You know, you're not like, I always tell myself, like, okay, honestly, every single day, I feel like a failure at one point or another. Like, I do. And I I have to, like, and I know that the enemy wants me to feel like I'm failing my daughter because, oh, Giselle, like, you were not supposed to be a mother. Like, you were just supposed to be this independent woman doing whatever you want and not raising a family and having a husband and all this stuff. So I know the enemy wants to keep me there in a place of, like, oh, you're not doing your best because you're not meant to be doing this. And I have to literally remind myself, like, I'm meant to do this. Obviously, I am. If I can grow a baby, if I can bring a baby into the world, I'm meant to do this. It's it's within me. So 
that's why I feel like motherhood for me is such a healing journey because there's so many things like in my childhood, just things that I've lived that I'm just like, this can never happen. Like over my dead body, these things would happen to my child. And and my husband always says, oh, I can't believe that you were told these things because I see you just like as a matriarch. And I'm just like, me? I'm such a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I see myself. I'm like, I'm such a child. Are you sure you feel this way about me? Because I just like, like, I feel like I've just been like faking it till I'm like becoming it, honestly. Um, I just want to encourage you, Giselle. Like, yes, the work that you're doing is hard. But as you were talking, I kind of felt like generational trauma is real. But that also means that generational healing is real. If trauma oh, yeah. down, healing can be passed down. And you're doing the hard work to make sure that your daughter doesn't have to have the same experiences as you. So just see it as it's hard. But when you think of how many people you're doing it for, like the math adds up. Like you're doing it for generations mm-hmm. to come and they will be so grateful. Yeah. Gali will be so grateful for the fact that she didn't have a mom that was perpetuating things that didn't heal from her own wounds because at the end of the day, parents are still kids who just grew up. Like, <laughs> No, honestly, that's how I feel. I'm just like, I'm still 12 years old. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I saw my parents, like I, I saw their childhood wounds and I was like, you're really doing the best you can, but you still have an inner child that never grew up. Like who didn't want their needs met, who like didn't get the love that they wanted and had unmet needs, unhealed hurts and unresolved issues. Like all that stuff is still in you that you got older. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that any of that stuff got healed if you didn't intentionally like work through it. Um, Deal with it. So mm-hmm. you're doing the hard work, but I, I snap my fingers. I applaud you. And Kelly will thank you. Even if she doesn't know how to name it, like you're doing the hard work for generations to come, sis. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> a lot, but I was just like, all I'm hearing is how much this woman has overcome and how many odds she has um, defeated to stand in who she is and who God has called her to be. Like the battlefield of the mind is real. And the devil clearly has like, he has been fighting against this God given agenda for you to be a mother all your life from when you were 10 years old, because God has, God looked at you and said, Mm -hmm. I going to be a mother and this is good. And then the devil comes and is like, "Mm, did God really say though? Like, what about the stuff that you're on? Yeah. What about the stuff that that guy on the playground said to you? And so you standing, mm-hmm. standing in your calling is an act of defiance against the devil. It's warfare. Doing the work and showing mm-hmm. up every day as a mother, as a wife, as all these things that they told you you couldn't do is an act of rebellion against the devil. And that's why he that's why he's mad because he knows he couldn't keep it out. He big man. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That's like, that's really encouraging because, you know, like, I just remember I told Sharif this other day. I was like, I remember begging God, like, many years ago, before I was even, before I even met Sharif, many years ago, I remember begging God. And I know this this is not a question or anything, but I I feel like we're just talking at this point. (laughs) But um, 
I remember begging God like to heal me from my childhood trauma. Like I remember like like my I don't know if you guys I'm sure you guys have had those moments of like fully just surrendering to God and like just saying everything that's on your mind, on your heart and like your your body and your cries just become like a physical prayer to God. And I just remember being in those moments like God, like, please, like, I'm going through so much. And I know that it's from my childhood. Like, I'm very self-aware. And I know, like, I struggle with certain things that come from how I was raised or come from things that, that the devil put in my mind since I was a little girl and has come into my life in by way of trauma and has tried to, like, control me. My prayer wasn't answered for many years until I became a mother. The very thing that I didn't think I was capable or worthy of is what God is using to heal my child on the inside. I understand why God gave me a daughter first. He's like, you need to be healed right now. <laughs> like you you prayed for this healing and I'm bringing it to you. And it's not, it's not in an instant. It's going to be like over the course of your life, you are going to continue to be healed. You are going to continue to like experience true love in the form of children and just not even just with my child but through my child I've understood how much God actually loves me and that's something I struggled with so much as a child like I mean I just thought I'm just gonna grow up one day if I do because I didn't think that I would live this far I was telling you this last night I was like the devil is so mad right now and he will never stop coming after me because in in his plan, I was supposed to die at 12 years old. I was supposed to be dead. I wasn't supposed to live to go to college. I wasn't supposed to live to get my heart broken for the first time. I wasn't supposed to live to make my mother proud. I wasn't supposed to live to be healed. I wasn't supposed to live to be a mother myself. The devil is mad and he will continue to be mad until I die. And even after I'm dead, because I ain't going with you. (laughs) (laughs) He's big mad. And you know what? He's even, like, he's even angrier because, like, you and Sharif coming together, that is a godly household. That is, Galilee Mm -hmm. is a child that was raised by, or is being raised by two parents who are desperately chasing after God. How many parents from our parents' generation can say that both parents, like it was two putting 10,000 to flight for real? Like the devil doesn't want that. Right. Do you know the kind of anointing that Galilee is stepping into because you guys have done the work spiritually and emotionally? The devil's scared of her and her kids and her kids' kids. Kingdom marriages, kingdom families, he doesn't want that at all. He doesn't. Oh my goodness, how incredible was that conversation? I'm so in awe of my friend's vulnerability and their willingness to share their story with us. Part two will be out next week, but until then, consider sharing this episode with someone who might be struggling with surrender in this season. See you next time. Bye.